Welcome to the Houston Racquet Club Insider Podcast. This is the exclusive show for our members and staff, where it's all about the who, what, where, and why of our amazing club. But before we begin, here's some food for thought. Hello, my name is Dwight Edwards, and the title of today's message is Daring to be Original. Robert Kennedy once wrote, Only those who dare to fail greatly can achieve greatly. It's normally a frightening thing to leave the safe harbor of traditional beliefs and launch out into the risky, wind-blown waters of nonconformist thinking. Suppose one takes the risk to think outside the box only to have their conclusions proved inadequate or patently wrong. Is it really worth the embarrassment, the ridicule, the wasted effort, and the renewed self-doubt that will accompany the failed attempt to color outside the lines? Far too many have decided that it is. I have noticed this especially to be true in academic circles. Far, far too many scholarly books, articles, journals are written frozen in fear of peer disapproval. This means that one's writing is done with an invisible critic looking over the shoulder. And the goal shifts from communicating what is most radically alive within the person to what is most palpably certain to retain peer acceptance. Keeping one's reputation intact, avoiding the shame of exposed misjudgment, and maintaining the security of staying safely within the harbor of tradition are more than enough reasons to stay anchored at home. Fact is, it takes tremendous courage to pull up stakes and venture forth into the highlands of original thinking. Swiss psychologist Paul Tournier put it well, in all fields, even those of culture and art, other people's judgment exercises a paralyzing effect. Fear of criticism kills spontaneity. It prevents men and women from showing themselves and expressing themselves freely as they are. Much courage is needed to paint a picture, to write a book, to erect a building designed along new architectural lines, or to formulate an independent opinion or an original idea. But what are the alternatives? Does anyone really want it to be said about them at their funeral? So-and-so never offended anyone with their originality. They carefully stayed within the confines of the accepted norms of the day. You could always count on them to be safe, non-confrontational, and devoid of anything innovative. <laughs> Surely not. Yet this is the legacy that those who live frozen in fear of failure are on the verge of leaving. It requires tremendous courage to be willing to make the mistakes necessary to ultimately succeed. Robert Kennedy was exactly right though. Only those who dare to fail greatly can achieve greatly. Our flashpoint, the extraordinary life is never failure free, but courage keeps the failures from being final. Hello, HRC, Thomas and Cicely here. Hi, Cicely. Hi, Thomas. How are you this morning? I'm good. How are you? Good. Good. Thank you. This is episode, podcast episode number 78. And uh, you know that we're able to find the rest in our library in the uh, HRC app. But before we begin today, I do want to share uh, some sad news. So when you see these two ladies again, Anna Gloria and Carmen uh, recently lost their mother. And mm -hmm. so uh, they are currently out of the country. And when they get back, let's give them all our uh, heartfelt condolences because it's been a long battle for them. With that, um, 
to get back into our regular routine, I want to start off by reading a few comic cards that stood out, stood out the last couple of weeks. And one of them is from uh, Morgan uh, Colt, wrote about Chavante. Chavante was wonderful. He continued to check in on us, and he had the kids' food out right away, which we all know, moms, is key, right? Mm-hmm. So yes. then... Uh, Brian Sizemore wrote, excellent service tonight. It was a busy evening, but no one missed a beat. Sharon Snowden wrote, Ruby is always so pleasant, always a smile on her face and so attentive. Thank you. Meg Bissinger wrote, dinner was delicious. Blake's plate was awesome. Ruby, Maximino, and Carmen took great care of us. Bradley helped us with the wine. And chefs, our dinner was lovely. Then uh, we had another card from uh, Mr. and Mrs. Henry. We had wonderful service and food tonight. Our servers were Gabriel and Nico. Judy McClure wrote, thank you, and a shout-out to Victor, who remembered my favorite treat at HRC is the oatmeal raisin cookies. He brought me some before I even asked. He's also a great server. Anne Hawkins wrote, Gabriella did a great job tonight. She was attentive and earnest worker and wanted to do a great job. What a great new hire. Thank you for that comment. Meg Randolph wrote, we came in on the later side after a long day of sports and school activities for dinner, and service was still amazing. Appreciate it all so much. And then finally, I have a welcome, Luis. I believe the name's Martinez. I can't quite read it, but uh, welcome, Luis. You are doing a great job. Thank you. And uh, if you haven't met Luis Quintanilla yet. He's the latest uh, addition to our food and beverage team. He does a great job. With that, I'd like to congratulate the following employees on their work anniversary. One year, Maria Gomez Hernandez. Five years, Daniel Gonzalez Ramiro, Martinez Lopez, and Kenya Sanchez. Nine years, Patricia Rosas. And 13 years is Maria Ruiz in the kitchen. With that, what do we have coming up? We have quite a few events. We are starting our Lots of events season. We've got October Fitness Challenge. It's not too late to sign up for the Fitness Challenge. We need to once again prove that HRC is the healthiest club in Houston. We need to retain that trophy. Uh, Saturday, October 14th from 10 to 12 is our pickleball tournament and social. Uh, Wednesday, October 18th is Spooktacular Slime Class from 6 to 8 in the youth area. Thursday, October 19th is the Paul Hobbs Wine Dinner. Friday, October 20th is the Halloween Ladies Mixer. Make sure you wear your favorite costume. Check-in is at 8.30 and matches will start at 9. Saturday, October 22nd is the Barbie Tea Party Brunch, which I'm sure the youth area is going to do an incredible job on that. Uh, Friday, October 27th at 5.30 is the Men's Surf and Turf Exhibition Match. Hold on a second. The exhibition match is actually... Well, wait, no, you're right. The Lovey Cup. I'll talk about the Lovey Cup. I'm all confused now. We have two exhibition matches. Man, oh, man. I'm so sorry. Trust more, Thomas. Trust yeah, more. Just Go stop ahead. talking. No, I'm just uh, kidding. Yeah, I'm, done. I'm done. I'm done talking. <laughs> Sunday, October 29th is our Family Fall Festival from 4 to 6. And I know a bunch of departments are getting together again and um, going to come together for this Halloween event. Um, and finally, November 10th and 11th. Would you like to take this one, Thomas? Yes. Yeah. Maybe this time I'm actually knowing what I'm talking about here. So <laughs> the Lovey Cup is back on November 10th and 11th. What we've done this year, we're switching the format. We're actually going to have a cheeseburger in paradise party on Friday evening with the uh, appropriate Jimmy Buffett cover band music and then the exhibition match, which is usually on Friday nights, will now be on Saturday. 
So uh, we have two great days of uh, tournament, tennis, and fun activities coming up. So hopefully I will see all of you there. And I'm going to say what you always say. Please remember to sign up for all of these events on the HRC app. Good job. Thank you. Wonderful. Okay. All right. Now, we need to draw a price today, we right? We do. Yes. Okay. So everybody knows after the podcast airs, you'll, uh, our employees will be assigned a trivia quiz. It will be, um, the content will be over this episode. Make sure to take the quiz. You'll be entered into the prize drawing that we're doing right now uh, in the next episode. So, Helen, would you do the honors of seeing who is the lucky um, winner? The winner is Frank. Right. Frank in security? Frank uh, in security. This is Frank. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Outstanding. Frank is currently on his uh, bike somewhere in California in some <laughs> kind of race. So He got 100%. So, good job, Frank. Awesome. Way to go. <clears throat> I gave up midway through confession. I messed up. Three questions. I just quit. Thomas, don't give up. Keep going. It's okay to get one wrong. I know. Okay. Three in a row. Perfectionist. (laughs) Okay. Time for our rock star introduction. So today's podcast, Cicely is calling it, bringing it back. Bringing it back old school. And the reason is the incredible, as you just heard, all the (laughs) events that Cicely wrote off, a lot of those events are youth activities events. And the team that makes it all happen, of course, is sitting right in front of me. And uh, <clears throat> But today we're talking about the original team, when Rochelle came on board, when uh, Helen got here, when Nancy still worked in Kids Club. Of course, Nancy is now uh, in the fitness center for a few years already. So, Helen, why don't we start with you, right? Okay. Let's get to know uh, a little bit about you. Where, where are you from? Where you born? All that good stuff. Okay. Um, I was born in El Salvador, um, July 5th. 1977, and I came to Houston, I mean, to Los Angeles when I was 18 with my sister. We went to one of my uh, aunt's friends, and like a week later, my uh, aunt went to pick us up from L.A. and brought us here to Houston. And um, my first job um, here in Houston, it was as a nanny, one of my aunt's best friends. I was 94. Her baby, he was one year old. And that was my first job. Um, I always knew that I liked to uh, work with kids since I was little. Um, I used to go to birthday parties with my mom and my sister. And she's always like looking for me. And I was over there with the moms and the babies sitting down (laughs) playing with the babies. It's just unnatural. Yes. So... Um, I worked with the family for two years, and then the baby grew up, and he was going to school, so they didn't need me no more. So I started, like, looking for a job. While I was looking, at, I was helping my aunt because she cleans houses, so I was cleaning houses with her for a while. That's when she told me, like, you need to look for something else because if cleaning houses, you're not going to be able to eat out of that because you're just love. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so one of her friends, again, um, She's like, hey, um, my daughter-in-law works at the this daycare. Maybe you can bring your niece, and she can go in there and ask for a, for a job, maybe, um, they're hiring. So I went in there. Um, at the time, I didn't know English much. That's what I think. And I remember saying, um, I need a job. And uh, the lady was like, oh, yes, 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 yes. Welcome, welcome. And um, I think the only person that speaks Spanish was my friend who brought me there. And then... Um, I wanted to learn English so bad because I wanted to communicate with them. So at the time, I was doing, like, tours for people who didn't speak English and Spanish. I was showing in the places. 
And then um, the director was like, uh, we get in like a lot of kids now. You, uh, I, the first I started at the baby room for a year mm-hmm. with one of the managers. And then they gave me my own room. I had the one-year room. And um, um, I had like 15 or uh, 18 kids by myself. Wow. So they decided to give me um, an assistant to help me with that room. That's what I um, I know Miss Winnie does. She was the one who brought me to HRC. Okay. So uh, I remember applying here, and that guy at the time, it was Mr. Mario. He was the manager, and he was the one who said, oh, I see, like, you applied already. Um, he's like, you don't give up, so you really want to work here? And I say, yes, I do want to work here. So he's like, so this is your lucky day because we do need somebody in in Courtside. And I say, okay, yes. Oh, Mario Perez. Mar- uh-huh. oh, he was the manager. Yeah, He's, he was right. the one who hired me. Okay. So um, I started working at Corsai. I think I had probably like two years working there, a little more, when I was going at the Dacre at the same time, too, work in the morning here and going to the Dacre in the afternoon. So one of those afternoons, I was taking a nap because we had like two hours and a half break. And I heard this voice. I was like, I know that voice. So I got up and I went in there. And it was Brenda. Mm-hmm. I saw Brenda and she's like, Helen. <clears throat> she's like, what are you doing here? And I was like, I work here. She's like, well, you know we have a daycare at the club. And I said, no, I didn't know that. She's like, okay, I'm going to hook you up. I'm going to make you go there so you can work at Kids Club. You worked for two years, didn't know we had a daycare. I didn't know because wow. I was always in there. I remember going here just to get yeah, right. like uh, more supplies, um, supplies that we yeah. needed. Yeah. Sure. So, yeah, that's how I knew about the daycare. And it's just, I'm going to talk to Christina. And I came and talked to Christina, and she was the one who made it possible to wow. her and Miss. It's not as bad as Isaac, who worked here for 34 <laughs> years. and he, no, Not 34 years, for 30-plus years, and he didn't know we had 34 tennis courts. <laughs> you know, so funny. Yeah. Okay, well, mm-hmm. you're certainly a pillar over there. Yes. You know, and you have been. And so I... But, you know, teamwork makes the dream work. So we have another couple of rock stars sitting to your yes. left and to your right. And mm-hmm. both of them also had quite a career growth coming out of the youth area. And that, of course, is Rochelle and uh, Nancy. Yes. And now, Nancy, why don't, we, uh, why don't we talk to you a little bit? We kind of already got to know you at your podcast. I think you were one of the first podcasts we ever did back in 2019. Yeah, I think I like on the time 10 I think it was You know 10. what I remember? You have 10. <laughs> I remember you have uh, German Shepherds. Yes, I still have them. You yeah, still, we still do. have them. Yes. Okay. Well, um, and then, of course, the same with Rochelle. We already introduced Rochelle, but let's switch gears a little bit. So, what the whole transition we've had in the last, I guess, 10 plus years, right? So, how is, how is the youth area different today than when, when you first started? I guess we could start with Rochelle since she was here longer than us first. Oh, she just blasted my 12 years. <laughs> um, when I started, we honestly only had two rooms. Yeah. Um, we had no youth area. It was two rooms with a couple of toys. And for us, that's what Kids Club was. No bathrooms. No bathrooms. We mm-hmm. had to use the locker rooms when everything was still connected. And you had to go through the locker rooms to get through the clubhouse. Yeah. Um, so toting all those kids in there when they had to use the restroom was kind of a workout sometimes. <laughs> And we have to go in groups. Remember mm-hmm. that? We have to all Holding hands. Two yeah. people at once, yeah. Mm-hmm. And no more than how many kids per day at the time? 
for like, us, it wasn't a busy day. A Friday would be two or three kids. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay, say that again. How many kids on a Friday? On a Friday night, it was maybe two to three kids. How many, how many kids do we do on a Friday night now? Oh. Anywhere from 149 to 182. That's just incredible. There are a lot of members who joined in the last you know, 12 years that don't even know that. And, and it's just incredible, the transition. But I remember when it got, started getting busy, we finally came up with the department, but I'm getting ahead of myself. We were also closed in the afternoons, weren't we? Yeah. Yes. I wasn't here for that. Yeah. I used to, that, that's what I'm going to start working there. Yeah. How many, how, many, uh, how many employees total back then? There was maybe five or six of us. Yes. It was very small. And now? We have anywhere from 14 to 18 employees. Do you have enough? It's never enough. <laughs> <laughs> you, you need them all over the place, right? Yes. So, And it was just a kids club. We didn't have the youth activities department because we uh, created that because we started getting so busy. And then uh, Nancy, <laughs> I mean, you speak to it. But your whole Well, once I got here, the first, I remember the first day here, Rochelle was at the playground with some kids and it was maybe like two or three. By, she was by herself with three kids. And then Christina walked me through the youth area, the kids club area, and there was nothing. There was like a couple of toys, um, and there was shows like, yeah, it's me and Lala. We, I don't know if you remember Lala back then. I do. So it was I got hired, and it was Lala, Rochelle, and I for like maybe five years, and then Elvira was added to that. Oh, Elvira was already here, but she was weekends with Helen. I oh, yes, Elvira that yeah. came from Sugar mm-hmm. Creek. Yeah, yeah, that's where I met her. So we, there right. was like five of us in mm-hmm. total, right? Yes. Yeah. Wow. So. <laughs> Talk about when, what was the transition? When did you kind of figure out what is happening around here? Why is it getting so busy all of a sudden? When do you think that started? I mean, Rochelle, you want to speak to that maybe? I think it was as we started to shift in our membership growth. I think a lot of our families now were being accustomed to coming here as a family instead of it just being kind of mom and dad. Because we gave them, the kids, something to do. Right. So we started off with just two rooms. And so for them, it was just kind of glorified babysitting for them. Mm -hmm. And then we slowly started adding the youth area and the additional programs that came with it. And it gave the kids a purpose to want to be here. Like we always brag at the other clubs, at the racket club, the kids bring the parents, not the other yeah. way around. Um, I remember um, um, one member, not, not going to mention her name, but if uh, she says to me, Thomas, what is a 13-year-old to do at the Houston Racket Club? Remember that? There was another transition. That you and I met with her, Cicely. Yes, we up to the, we yeah. did, and we came up with the racket team committee. The racket team committee and the, and the nine square in the air, Yes, I believe, remember. right? Yes. So... <laughs> Each one of you, I'm sure you got stories and everything else. Please protect the innocent and don't mention any names, okay? But um, some of your favorite stories, anything that you remember that's just... Well, mine was like the first time we had over 100 kids at the kids club. That was insane. That's how we all looked at each other and we're like, wait, what's going on? It was so busy. Uh, I remember it was Helen, Rochelle, and I, all staff was here. And we were just like, what is happening? There was just so many kids coming in, coming in, coming in, leaving, coming in. It was, it never stopped. Talk about... and. Helen, you can talk about this too if you want to, because I think you mentioned it, but how did you guys set that up? How did you execute 100 kids together? Right. Good question. I think it was um, communication. I mean, that's the key, communication, working as a team. I mean, and love what you're doing. I love working with kids. And, I mean, that's the, the key. If you love what you're doing. And I think us working together, like the five of us or six of us there, there was at that time, it made us really communicate with each other where we didn't even have to talk to each other. I could just look at Miss Helen or Miss Rochelle and they knew exactly what needed to be done then. 
Yeah, so I think us communicating and us just working and growing together made us like a really good team. That's incredible what you shared right there. Absolutely. You know, um, to get back to the uh, what happened, how do we have 100 kids? It's twofold. Number one, our membership age dropped by 20, 20 years. The average age was 62 in 2008. And the average age of a new member joining, a voting member, uh, during that time was 42. So now we're right in the middle of median about 50, 50 years uh, of, of age. So a lot younger membership. But... Um, so that was the first transition. Then, of course, what do we do? We shut down the clubhouse on October 1st, 2016, so almost, yes, a little over seven years ago. Mm-hmm. What did she do, Rochelle? We still had 100 kids. <laughs> um, it was a little bit of a transition for us, but I think that's something that Kids Club and youth activities have kind of gotten accustomed to is just transitioning with whatever we need to do in the moment. Um, That's kind of how we handled 100 kids. We didn't even have time to really think about it. We just jumped into action, and we picked out different rooms each day that were available, and my staff would take all of the the supplies and the toys upstairs. We would go through our day, and then we would take all the supplies and toys back down, and then we would constantly change rooms. That was diapers. Yeah, I remember. (laughs) Everything, and it was every day was a new room based on... What was available? What was, yes. what was available? Yes. I remember walking upstairs, and I think it was in the Bayou room one time, <laughs> yeah. and I, uh-huh. I just peeked in and said, uh, <laughs> she got it, she got it. <laughs> Funny. And um, <clears throat> so the, what's the difference? I mean, we made some changes to the kids' club and youth area. I kind of explained that to anyone listening, what it looked like before and after, what it looks like now. So before I let, well, I, when I got there, we didn't have bathrooms, like Rochelle said. Um, later on, we started getting more babies, more younger kids, and we couldn't keep them all in the same area. So that's when, um, I believe, I don't know if Cecily was here then, yeah. uh, they decided to um, make a baby room, just an area so we could have all infants, no older kids, like walking on them or anything like that so then they decided to build a baby room right yeah that's right. put the bathrooms in there yeah and, the bathrooms mm-hmm. right. out of the baby room and then next thing you know we had older kids coming in so they needed like a game room and then the gamer was added right we also had remember when we had the sand volleyball oh how would yeah. i ever forget yeah, that was, <laughs> i remember yeah. that when i was there too yeah. um i don't I think one of the things that stuck out to me when i came on board was how separate the kids club and youth was yeah true and it was different times that each department was busy and they didn't even know each other it was you know maybe they waved here and there but they like kids club was busy in the morning we had a kids club and we had a game room right it wasn't it wasn't a department right it was everything was separated yeah it was totally separate yeah two different departments because we had back then we had Scott and Federico and Caleb and so they yeah. handled the older kids but the two groups didn't <clears throat> even know each other and we're like wait when they're busy we're not when we're busy they're not so let's come together right. and help each other and we they trained all the guys that were with the video games and everything how to feed a child and how to communicate and then vice versa the youth team went ahead and taught them how to put the games in for the kids. So right. it was really, it was really good to see the transition of how the two teams became one. I agree. My favorite memory, one of my first memories of the youth activities area. You know what that was? 
telling the kids to stop banging on the on the on the on the, on the vending machines and the, and and you had to get you had to get quarters you had to get quarters to play the game the wall ball and yeah and I remember we we did about three hundred plus dollars in quarters every month in revenues and the repairs to all the machines that kept hitting when they ran out of quarters was like eight hundred a month so we decided to make it all free remember that oh yeah I do. So, you know, oh my god thanks for that flashback. <laughs> So how has how has staffing changed over the years? Not just in numbers, but just in makeup of staff. I think we have seen kind of a shift, especially after COVID. Um, I feel like a lot of the families really realized how much family time they really were missing out in, and you know things like that. So I think in our newer staff, we try to set that for them and so that there's a good balance of both Um, but it's a lot of newer staff because with this job kind of comes a little bit of a turnover because we have some younger staff that go to college and they're leaving for bigger and more amazing things so we kind of have newer staff that come in and so we'll train them and it's almost like a really nice cycle to get to see them going and doing better things as they're leaving Um, so for us it's almost we're building culture within our own department um, so for us, it's really nice to get to celebrate their wins and things with them as long as we go. Mm-hmm. And I think Helen and I have seen such a huge transition of yes. people coming through that every single one has made an impact. Yeah. And what you just spoke to, we was recently on a speaker panel at another club and we had all these managers from all over the country there. And it was about food and beverage. Same, same challenge. The expectation mm-hmm. has changed completely after COVID. It's every person... The old school people, like I'm going to call myself old, uh, you called it old school, but you know, gone are the days of working 16 hours a day, and, and for everybody you you lose, you have to replace them with two people. It's just incredible, and you have to pay them twice as much, or you're not going to right. get any staff. So it's just incredible how how it's changed uh, over the years. Okay, how do you think the youth activities department has impacted the club? I think it's one of the main reasons a lot of the members join. It's ninety-five <laughs> yeah. so percent. I think it has it has done a lot of and the whole club in general, not just the youth area, but it has brought a lot of good families and um, good connections with each other yeah. here at the club. Yeah, the a lot of friends. I mean, yeah, a lot of friends. And again, how long have you been here, Helen? Fifteen years. And and twelve years, and Nancy. I've been here ten years. So. And this is always my aha moment. I know when I started here because when I see the 15-year-old that used to be mm-hmm. held in the committee meeting in a carrier, <laughs> right? You literally yes. raised the kids. Yeah. Yes. I mean, you become the second mom. It's just incredible. Uh-huh. And, and yeah, and Nancy, like you said, people join the club because convenience, mm-hmm. you know? It's just absolutely incredible. So hopefully uh, we'll be in a position to up the ante even more but with the programming and the events you guys have just done such a phenomenal job i don't know how you come up with all this creative <laughs> stuff and, and again this year my favorite the phone party uh, yeah, whatever you know but, but the, uh, what was the other one the color run yeah yes. my yeah. goodness so um where do you see the youth activities area going in the next few years we're just going to become our own little club. We're just going to keep building it. <laughs> we're taking on the world. I feel like we're going to take it on one department at a time. I think it's we've got a really healthy relationship with all of the departments that they are able to you know, successfully run their events when the kids are happily taken care of. Um, so I think separating them by age groups and offering some more different various programs with some more spacing that we can just do it all. Yeah. Awesome. Why not? <laughs> what's, what's your favorite event, Nancy? I like the 
Christmas kids party, and then I also like the lovey cup just to see all the people out there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I've been helping with a lot of the pickleball stuff, so I'm I'm a fan now. That's a whole different. Yeah. Bo- mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Helen, what do you think? Um. Yeah, I do like the um, movie nights events that we have, um, kids night out, and the Christmas events too. Those are my favorite ones. And, and every event's your favorite one, Helen. I mean, uh, Michelle, right? I, mean, I think on. I just give a piece of myself every time we do yeah, it. Yeah. Well, I think your first signature event was to touch a truck, I believe. You know, which, of course, you got national recognition for with Dickie there. And that's what's hanging in that just chilling hallway. For anybody listening, there's a magazine cover hanging there that's framed. A um, couple more things you're doing so well uh, in your departments is your, your culture and then your sunshine committee and the recognition and birthdays that you all do and everything else over there. So congratulations on that. And it really, and you're cranking out Marines, Navy, <laughs> Army. I mean, it's just, you know, it's just, you should be so proud. Okay. Um, kind of wrapping this up here, the last couple of three, four minutes. So um, Helen, yes. you're the only person who hasn't answered this question. Okay. And we're going we're gonna to wrap up with that. And I ask everybody in this podcast uh-huh. all the time, see, when you go to work, when you get up in the morning, uh-huh. you know, what makes you tick? What motivates you? And what advice do you have for any other employee that may not be as enthusiastic about going to work? Oh, well, like I said, um, you have to love what you do. And I love kids. I love to learn from there, to teach them. I feel like um, we are doing a very excellent job because these are going to be our future members. And we need to teach them how to be a better person. And at the same time, get me, myself, be a better person, too. It makes me happy to see when they smile or when their parents say, like, oh, Miss Helen is here. Oh, they were looking for you. Oh, they talk about you at home. That yeah. makes my day. So well said. So well said. And I wish everybody would see the beaming smile on <laughs> Helen's face right now. <laughs> Ladies, thank you so much for being here today. This is great. And um, uh, great idea, Cicely. Thanks for doing this. And uh, with that, I just want to thank you for the outstanding work you're doing over there. And then um, anybody who may not be aware, uh, Rochelle is, has applied for another scholarship, a national scholarship. So good luck with that, Helen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Helen, hello. <laughs> good luck with that, Rochelle. So at the, at the next podcast, hopefully I'll be able to make an announcement. Okay? So thanks I gotta again. Give, i got to give credit to Rochelle for this. We were sitting at lunch, and she had this great idea to the, for the old school. So ah. great job. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. See the dawn of a new beginning This time, this time we can't go home I hear the streets of tomorrow
Thank you for all that you do and participating in the Houston Racquet Club Insider Podcast. And if you have any suggestions, recommendations, or compliments, press the Engage link below and let us know what you think. Or email us at engage at houstonracquetclub.com. That's E-N-G-A-G-E at houstonracquetclub.com. And when you do, you'll be entered to win some fun prizes. Have an amazing day.